It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Raptors, we begin a series of shows examining the greatest heartbreaks in various Toronto Raptors fans' time being fans of the Toronto Raptors. And today we get things started with Oren Weisfeld of Complex, Yahoo Sports Canada, and more talking about the day DeMar DeRozan was traded. Of course, a happy moment in hindsight in a way, considering what it led to. But at the time, lots of folks were sad about the news and Oren was one of them. We'll talk about that on today's special edition of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, like because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1226 of Locked on Raptors for Tuesday, August the 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps for the low, low price of free. You can also go and subscribe to the YouTube channel for free as well. It's much appreciated when you support the show over there. Helps build the numbers and stroke my ego, which is the best thing you can possibly do to help support the show thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day and thanks for being here for the beginning of our greatest raptors heartbreak series of episodes uh i'm recording this all the way back in late july as i've tried to pre-can some stuff i'm away on my honeymoon as we speak and so uh i just wanted to get some evergreen stuff recorded and this felt like a pretty good way to do it considering you know the raptors have been pretty good for a very long time there hasn't been too much sadness but it's always fun to be sad in a group that's what being a sports fan is all about and so we are going to dive this week into various raptors heartbreaks that left my guests feeling very very sad and we kick things off today with oren weisfeld from complex from yahoo sports from literally the whole internet just taking over the world we love to see it oren how are you my friend I'm doing well, Sean. Thanks for having me. And I think this is a good project for a lot of reasons. And one of them is that Raptors fans have gotten too spoiled. That was something <laughs> that I've noticed a lot over the last calendar year or so. Uh-huh. And so it's good to take them back to the worst moments in franchise history. So they can just, you know, once this show is back, done with and you get back to doing whatever preseason content, they'll realize just how fortunate we are right now. Yeah, and like, honestly, part of the enjoyment of being a fan of a team is kind of riding through the sad parts, and it becomes part of your fandom tale and informs 
everything that happens, it makes the successes feel all that much better. So ultimately, all these heartbreaks are kind of in service of something greater, you would hope. And in this case, today, very much was exactly that. So let's first begin with uh, the introduction of your greatest Raptors heartbreak. I spoiled it in the cold open, but I'll let you detail now. Oren, what is your greatest Raptors heartbreak and why? LeBron is like a tidal wave spinning over my head. A dozen put back misses and a brick by Fred. In order to become winners, had to trade beloved Double D. First round sweep by the Wizards after Paul Pierce blocked Kyle Lowry. You're a heartbreaker, dream shaker. Dwayne Kaser, don't you mess around with me You're a heartbreaker, Vince Trader Boggs taker, don't you mess around, Clangelo So my greatest Raptors heartbreak is finding out that DeMar DeRozan was traded Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously the return was not bad, a guy named Kawhi Leonard And we'll get into all that, but just the shock of DeMar getting traded Was kind of uh, that, that... day and the the few days after that was just hard for me because Damar was my favorite player and right you know I only got into basketball in high school I was like a soccer fan growing up and when I got into basketball obviously it was the Damar Kyle teams and for like a novice Damar was clearly the more exciting of the two like right you start to appreciate my cat's here you start to appreciate kyle's (laughs) little like nicks and crannies and and all the little things he does the more you watch but damar was obviously the exciting one the guy dunking over people the guy at at the end of the game who the ball was always in his hands doing crazy stuff and 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 just like figuring out ways to win games and so like i really fell in love with damar on the court i thought Everything he did off the court was really inspirational in terms of all the just opening up about some of his mental health problems. And like at a Mm -hmm. time when athletes weren't doing that, I think Demar's like it really gets lost in the shuffle, maybe partly because he was in Canada, partly because um, over on the Cavs, what's his name? Kevin Love Love kind of followed it up and, and his, I think, went a little more mainstream, but Damar was the first guy to really open up about his struggles. And and now you see athletes all over in every sport kind of mm-hmm. doing something similar. So yeah, he was like an idol of mine on the court, off the court. And so finding out he was traded at a point in my basketball fandom where I didn't realize just how like rough the NBA was and how unforgiving it was, right. was really uh, shocking and, and sad for, for a little while. And honestly, like, wasn't sad for that long i gotta be honest like (laughs) once Kawhi came and started playing i was like oh this makes sense yeah i feel like the moment where most raptors fans were like all right fine i'm on board was the double block with him and danny green in that second celtics game like it was the second game of the season against the celtics and i think it was jason tatum that they double blocked and it was like oh yeah okay i I get it now uh we'll we'll, we'll buckle in for this i guess we'll watch Kawhi Leonard and be okay with it um but yeah you know i don't think i quite had the same level of heartbreak when demar got dealt just because i was a kyle guy myself if you Mm -hmm. had to pick between the two 
not that there was ever a moment where, you know, there was like a, is it Kyle or DeMar's team or anything? It was always kind of the two guys in a union leading the, the leading the charge. But if I had to pick one, it was always going to be Kyle for me. But I love DeMar too. Like really was just such a fantastic player to watch. And that season before he got dealt was the best DeMar we ever saw, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he had some crazy runs in there. What was the start of the season? He had like a Michael Jordan level record of 30 point games to, to begin the year. It was awesome. You know, big moments. He had the 52 against the Bucks on New Year's Day. That was, that was all just game, like, it was incredible to watch him just sort of continue the thing that we'd always said. And now it's kind of mirrored, I think, in Pascal Siakam a lot of ways. Like every year he got better at something yeah. and it just kind of built and, and amplified onto one another until they all stacked into this one incredible player who became good enough to trade for Kawhi Leonard. But yeah, it, it didn't quite hit me as hard. I think once I saw the return and like what the Raptors had to send out, I, I think that's where, you know, any heartbreak kind of quickly washed away because it was like they didn't trade OG. They didn't trade Pascal. They they only traded Yak. I love Yak, but like Yak in a first, it's protected. All right. I, I guess the heartbreak is is gonna wash away pretty quickly here. And I think for me, any sort of uncertain feelings that Kawhi was going to come and play for the Raptors that honestly washed away the second we saw like the weird grainy photo with him and Bobby Webster uh you know didn't yeah. say anything right but just to see him in a room with Bobby Webster made it think like okay at least he's going to be here for the year um and I wasn't too worried about the sort of bigger implications of you know is he going to leave at the end of the season or anything like that do you remember at the time sort of how you felt in the lead up to all the Kawhi rumors. Uh, I know on this very podcast, I said like two weeks before the trade, they should run it back because they're not going to get a guy like Kawhi Leonard. So why not just run it back? And then they got a guy like Kawhi Leonard and made that look very stupid. But where were you mm -hmm. at in terms of like the run it back versus not trade DeMar, not, not trade DeMar? It didn't really even seem like that much of a conversation because they had fired Dwayne Casey and that kind of felt a lot of ways yeah. like, okay, that's the move they're going to make this offseason to try to refresh things going into next year. Exactly. And I also think like player movement in terms of star movement wasn't as normal as it is now back then. Right. Like now we really see a lot of stars every summer they're getting moved back then i feel like it wasn't nearly as much and you kind of figured they would reshuffle some of the deck like in terms of the role players and change some stuff around kyle and damar but i didn't think that they were going to do anything drastic and like they were coming off a sweep and i definitely felt like okay nothing that happens in the regular season matters because they just had yeah. like the best regular season in franchise history and got swept so all i'm really caring about is the playoffs but i didn't expect kyle or damar to get traded I don't really remember much about where I was on the Kawhi Leonard stuff just because it was such a weird situation. I don't even know if we knew he was for sure going to get traded. Mm -hmm. But I, I, as I was telling you before, like I started blogging uh, for Raptors Republic in 2018. And one of the first pieces I ever wrote was called The Raptors Should Never Trade DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> uh, reading it back, it's terrible. Like, just, just didn't know how to write it back. Give then. us some passages, if you will, please. Oh, God. For some reason, I decided to start it out with um, talking about Kobe's 81-point game. Uh, uh -huh. Kind of being like, things were really bad back then. They, we might have just got swept, but they're not this bad. And, and then being like, um, 
basically like I was trying to explain that what you said, he's gotten better every single year. He was still young enough. And as we've seen with his, he literally just had a season with Chicago where he was like a top five MVP candidate for most of the year. Like DeMar has continued to get better every year. And so a big part of it was that just that like, yes, he has these playoff struggles, but I think he's going to keep getting better. A big part of it was the leadership aspect and just the way that you could see the Kyle and DeMar stuff rubbing off on the young guys and that being Mm -hmm. a really good recipe for the culture and for the development of young players i think like those are the main things i can't really read a passage because i haven't gone through it so i don't know which one to to do but uh (laughs) and then the other thing was like yeah like the mental health stuff which i mentioned i thought that was really cool and and also like he wanted to resign in toronto he was drafted by the raptors all that stuff you know was just something that I admired, like, mm-hmm. and and we can get into how my basketball philosophy has changed a little bit since then. But I was just like a sucker for like, look, this is a really nice story. Let's run it back and like keep going because this guy wants to be here. There's not a lot of people who have historically wanted to be here. He's mm-hmm. still getting better. Um, and and then in terms of Kawhi, even like. I didn't I didn't like accept it as quickly as you because right I was like if they don't win a championship and he leaves in a year then we just got rid of this franchise player in DeMar DeRozan for essentially nothing right. and that's kind of how I felt up until the playoffs when you know what really up until the 76ers game winner yeah. cuz that was such a huge moment that it was like even if we don't win a championship, this is worth yeah. it. Absolutely. This is yeah. a moment we'll, we'll remember forever. Sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I, you know, maybe I'm like retconning my ghoulishness or something like that, looking back at it. But no, I, I do think that for me, it did feel a little bit like, okay, they got swept again. If they are going to make some changes, it has to A, be for a substantial upgrade, number one, for me to be cool with it. But also, like, I didn't want to see them go and, like, tank it or anything like that because that would have sucked after watching seven years of excellent basketball. But I did, I think, kind of talk myself into the idea that, okay, maybe this has run its course and this is just, like, the upsetting move you have to make to try to, you know, have one last effort for it because if it doesn't work out by the end of next year, they're probably done anyway and they're moving on and sort of going into a rebuild or a retooling or whatever. I do have a passage, the last uh, paragraph (laughs) of your piece here. Just, this is from June 30th, 2018, 19 days before the trade from Oren Weisfeld. People often say there's no loyalty in sports. DeRozan would disagree. Now the Raptors have the power to prove DeRozan right. No matter what trajectory Masai Ujiri decides to take this Raptors team, DeRozan is an invaluable asset that will help the, help the team win games while maintaining a strong culture admired throughout the league. If that's not enough for the Raptors keep, to keep DeRozan, what is? Uh, I love it when not blogs that. don't age very well. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's literally every blog I've ever written. This is uh, not exclusive to you. I love yeah. it. Thank you for being okay with me reading that on the on the pod. Uh, we're going to continue on and dive into the, I think, the moment where the poetry of this whole thing really came together, which was the DeMar return to Toronto and the steal between Kawhi and Kyle Lowry at the end of that game to, uh, I, I think, maybe sort of put the imprint on, oh, yeah, that's why you make this trade. We'll get to that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best-tasting protein bars in the world, and they also now have 
marshmallow puffs and they are fantastic and they're good for you they give the illusion of having some sort of decadent treat when actually you're getting some pretty good stuff for you in the delicious packaging of a brownie puff oh, sorry that is a coconut brownie chunk puff i should give it the proper nomenclature they're fantastic they have collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits you can eat something that tastes good and is good for you and the best part about built puffs is of course that they are amazing you can put them on the go you can bring them in your golf bag you can take them in your backpack to your meeting or whatever it might be they're versatile they can fill in for a meal they can be a night a nighttime snack if you're like me and you're a bit of a late night snacker who's always looking for something around midnight this can be a great alternative to the bag of chips i will house to my face tonight uh so i got to get myself some built bars in uh instead Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15. Get your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with our look at Oren Weisfeld's greatest Raptors heartbreak, the trade of DeMar DeRozan to the San Antonio Spurs in exchange for one Kawhi Leonard. Let's move it forward a little bit from the trade and the start of the season and get into February as DeMar DeRozan makes his long-awaited return to Toronto with the San Antonio Spurs. I remember watching this game in a Hudson's, a bar in Red Deer, Alberta, uh, when I was calling game or calling broadcasting for the 2019 Canada Winter Games. It was like minus 45 degrees outside. It was unbelievable, but I needed to watch this game with people around because I thought it was going to be an emotional exercise. And it was. Mm. Uh, so DeMar returns. It's a close game. And it comes down to the final possession. DeMar's walking the ball up the floor. I think the Spurs are leading by one at the time. DeMar's walking it up. Kawhi and Kyle converge, get the steal, and they go on and score a bucket and win the game. This was emotionally hefty, I would say, Oren. As someone who was heartbroken by the original trade, what was your reaction to watching DeMar get stripped by Kyle and Kawhi at center court and just like the poetry of all that coming together? Did that hit you particularly hard? Did you feel for DeMar? Or was that maybe like a moment of closure on the trade and being like, okay, maybe this was the right move? Yeah, I think I started to feel like objectively speaking that it was the right move. Uh, before that because they were mm -hmm. winning a lot of games and yeah this was just a moment where i felt bad for damar to be honest <laughs> with you like it sucked man it it's was brutal. so sad he was you know like he was on the floor right as as they like got this steal he's lying there Kawhi goes and dunks the ball and pretty much like ends it um so i just felt bad for damar is what i remember and then it was also a moment where it's like okay, this team's really good. Like, they're just mm -hmm. finding ways to win every game at the end of the games, even when they're down. Yeah. Like, they, there's something about, you know, it was, all, it was also, we had seen it a couple times before from Kawhi, but it was just like, when you have that guy, you're pretty comfortable in those moments where you're down one and, and there's a minute to go, but you mm -hmm. have the best player on the floor. 
and he's gonna somehow find ways to win and like that was a great example of him doing that Mm -hmm. so it it was a little bit of of both i think like i i wish i was at that game i feel like it would have been really emotional if i was at the game but i was just watching on tv and yeah i just remember kind of feeling bad for damar and kind of feeling good as a raptors fan but definitely mixed emotions like the whole thing yeah for sure Uh, that it just if you ever want to get real sad if you're ever in your feelings and just kind of want to double down on it just go to a like a getty or usa today image gallery and search the date i think it was like february 15th or something february 18th uh whenever the hell it was uh 2018 or 19 find that date in and search like raptors spurs and just look at the photos from the end of that game of damar and you know you'll just sit there and wallow it's uh it's very yeah. good maybe throw on some sad music a little phoebe bridgers or something and you'll be uh, off and running if you're feeling like stewing in your own feelings yeah i wrote I, this yeah i wrote this story for uh slam about like some iconic photography photos in raptors history and one of them was kyle and damar embracing for his first time as a spur yeah. and it was just one of those like emotional moments like both yeah. of them were just like kyle just stole the ball damar just lost the game and they were just both like you could tell there was just so much emotion in the building and it was a really yeah. good photograph for that reason but it was uh yeah <laughs> to your point there are some good photos in hindsight do you ever think about that season not that the raptors are the protagonists of reality or anything like that but when you look back at that season it's like I don't know if you're trying to convince someone that sports are actually fake and that everything is wrestling that season might be the one that you'd be like all right so this team they're going to trade away their franchise icon for a guy who doesn't want to be there they're going to win a bunch of games there's going to be some there's going to be rifts there's going to be some stuff going on throughout the season they're going to make a big trade for a hall of fame center who's going to tie everything together they're going to have this moment with demar Derozan to sort of put the the bow on that narratively uh at center court for all to see in his return to toronto they're going to go to the postseason DJ Augustine's going to hit a game-winning three in the opening game of the playoffs over Marcus Saul and Kawhi Leonard, two defensive players of the year. That's going to be like the thing that throws everyone into a panic for this team that kept on losing game ones in the years prior. Then they're going to have a killer series against the Sixers. It's going to go seven. They're going to have this unbelievable historic shot that's going to be played for the rest of time. Then after that, they're going to play the Bucs. They're going to get to a game three. Kyle Lowry's going to foul out with six minutes left. They're going to barely hang on and win. They're going to go and win four straight games. And they're going to go shut down Oracle Arena as Kevin Durant and his return from the Achilles and the eventual Achilles tear. And all of that hangs over the entire series like a giant sword waiting to fall. And then they're going to win the title. Like, that is some ridiculously on-the-nose writing if you're the NBA writers, I think. No? (laughs) What a ridiculous season. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) It was... was, uh poetic for sure especially Mm -hmm. like the 76er shot is one of the most iconic shots in basketball history yeah and there was so many moments that Kawhi really felt like a superhero where he didn't feel like a player at all and and it felt like it was inevitable Mm -hmm. um the only reason I would push back on the idea that it was like a made for Hollywood story was because the NBA finals, like we don't have to get too deep into this, but like right. there was a dark cloud hanging over that finals between it was a Clay's messy injury. ass finals. Exactly. <laughs> Clay's injury, yeah. you had KD's injury, and then you had Masai Ujiri getting stopped by the police. Like 
Yeah. Getting harassed. Like those three things really put this like ugly ending to it in my eyes. Sure. But uh, uh, up until then, it was definitely like written for the movies. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, wild stuff. We're going to come back on the other side and we're going to dig into the idea of, you know, how your philosophy has changed since this happened. And it's kind of timely considering there's another disgruntled superstar out there that the Raptors are rumored to potentially be wanting to get with some beloved players potentially going the other way. So it seems yeah. to fit, hoping that by the time this airs, Kevin Durant hasn't been traded. I'm assuming he won't have been, but we'll get to that in just one second. Just a reminder, though, that you can listen to Locked On NBA every single day or right now three times a week as they carry you through the week with an amazing set of analysis and conversation big picture little picture all of it is covered on locked nba be sure to subscribe for free on your favorite podcast apps and on youtube the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Oren. So what's now? We're four years free. Oh my God, four years since the trade happened. It feels like it's been 25. Uh, and it's ridiculous that we're talking about this as like back then, what it really does feel like back then. Um, mm-hmm. The concept of sort of your changing basketball philosophy, you're now pretty seasoned in covering the team. You're, you're around the team a lot uh, in a way that maybe you weren't back in 2018, 19. And, you know, things change. Your, your viewpoints on things change. And I would imagine that watching the Raptors win a title with Ka- Kawhi Leonard probably changed everybody's view on how things work in the NBA a little bit. I don't know how it couldn't. So for you, how you mentioned off the top that it's kind of informed your philosophy or changed your philosophy or you have changed your philosophy since this all happened. How has it changed when it comes to the idea of superstar movement and player loyalty and things like that? And I guess if we want to tie in the Kevin Durant stuff, where does that leave you feeling when it comes to a potential Kevin Durant trade and what the Raptors would have to part with to make it happen? Yeah, there's a lot to say on this topic. Um, but I think it it all, it's not just the DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard chain, but also, like you said, being around the team more as a writer rather than a fan, like all of these things have changed the way I look at things, I think. Mm-hmm. But it really started with the DeRozan trade for sure, where I've stopped getting too attached to players right. in like a romantic sense, because I know that front offices don't think that way, I think. Sure. And so maybe it's not healthy as a fan to think that way because you could be burned for it. And I was burned for it. And I guess I don't want to, you know, like fool me once, shame on me kind of thing. (laughs) Like I'm not a trusting person. So like, I'm not going to do that to myself again. So part of it is that because I see there's like a huge, huge subset of Raptors. Twitter is like, this is the core. Let's ride out the core. Let's see how far the core can go. And when they talk about the core, they talk about like a six player group. And to Mm -hmm. me, that's like a little bit ridiculous in terms of like, you can't expect this core to stay together for many years. It's just not realistic. Like Mm -hmm. things happen and, and, and I just haven't grown attached to this core in the same way that I think a lot of people have, because I feel like realistically, if we're looking at like history 
and and the context and all these things, I I feel like odds are a trade is probably coming, and mm-hmm. that these guys are not all going to stay together past these contracts, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one thing. When it comes to like my philosophy regarding Kawhi and KD, it just you know again to go back, I was one of those people who said like either either Demar or Kyle they'll become the guy like they will eventually become a guy who can lead your team to a championship. And that was proven wrong. Like even DeMar's best season with the bulls, he wasn't that guy. Kyle's never been that guy. And we see the same thing with Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. People say, you know what? These guys could grow into the number one option on a championship team. And I'm not debating that they absolutely could. And I think those two guys like considering how young Barnes is and considering how close Pascal is, that's completely reasonable to think those things, but mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed. And sure. so my philosophy has changed in the sense where when I look at Kevin Durant, he is that guy. Like he's he's proven to be the guy. And when you can get that guy, you do it. That's that's right. just my philosophy now. It's like whatever it takes to get that type of player, you do it because there's only five to ten of them in the world. And they're and as much as you can like your homegrown players and believe in their ability to get there, odds are against them doing that. Um and so these like Kevin Durant becoming available for four years on a contract is so rare that the mm-hmm. idea that people will scoff at the uh, uh, trading some of your future for him is just ridiculous to me. Like I love OG, you know, I yeah. I, I love a lot of these guys, but if it's Kevin Durant or run it back, I'm choosing Kevin Durant. Um, and that might sound like harsh, but mm-hmm. like it, it is harsh because of what's happened in the past. You know, I, I've <laughs> learned, I've learned from my mistakes and I've grown bitter in my old age. I did not think that when I asked you what your greatest Raptors heartbreak was, that we'd be getting deep into like deep therapy. Uh, but I'm yeah. glad that we have, this has been therapeutic. I'm sure. Uh <laughs> See, it's funny. A morning. Yeah, Yeah. it's funny because, like, I think honestly, my view on it has kind of gone the opposite direction. In that, right? Like, I've seen the Raptors win a title now, and they did it because they sold their souls to do it, and it was awesome. And I would, I wouldn't go back and change it, but I'm all right to chill right now. And and I, you know, I was, I think as we've gotten further and further away from the hype of the original KD trade demand, and as we kind of stare down the barrel of this being a long game of chicken between Sean Marks and the rest of the NBA, I think I'm talking myself more into the idea of the core and just seeing what can happen because there is no real duress to me right now for the Raptors. Like they just want a title. I know this is not how the front office thinks. And so maybe I'm a Mark who's just setting myself self up to be uh, hurt again. But I like the idea of, okay, they've done the ghoulish thing to win the title. Now just do the thing where you just slow build it. And if at some point down the line, you need to go and make some sort of sell your soul move to win a title because it's just not working, then fine. But I don't think we know just yet if that's even going to happen, there's a world in which Scotty Barnes becomes the guy. And then you're sitting there looking at a really long run of successful, awesome basketball that you've gotten to watch. And there's something very valuable to the, in that to me. And honestly, I would, I would recommend Oren open yourself up to be hurt again, baby. It's kind of what it's all <laughs> about, man. It's about being sad in a group. That's what sports are for. And if you get yourself attached to guys who end up getting moved, yeah, that sucks, but it is kind of like a transactional version of 
a heartbreaking playoff loss to whatever team you want. Like, I feel like that all kind of informs the, the, the fan conversation a little bit. At least that's just my, no, no there's no right way to be a fan, obviously, but yeah. that's kind of how I, I view it. And I think opening yourself up to being hurt when a guy gets dealt is actually good for the soul is what my argument would be there. And, you know, I, I think maybe that's just a way that you sort of steal yourself and expect to be hurt. And you know that it's going to come at some point when you kind of, you know, jump in and kind of know the deal. But I, I think my sort of view on like big time go win now moves has certainly changed because the Raptors have won a title in my lifetime. Now I'm not so worried about when the next one comes because I've already gotten to experience that one. And it was pretty rad. I would like to see it again, but I'm not in like some crazy rush where I need it to be like now I need instant satisfaction, which is why I'm kind of cooling a little bit on the KD idea. But like, again, I, I don't think it's wrong to take the other stance either. Everyone has their different intentions yeah. getting into this thing. Um, but yeah, open yourself up, baby. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good point. I think a lot of people probably feel share that sentiment where it's like we won a championship. There's no need to rush it. But I would argue that like it's not selling your soul in the same way. Sure. And the say say they made a trade for Kevin Durant, but it was still Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam, right? Mm -hmm. And those mm -hmm. are your two and three options. Like that would still feel really good to see those guys reach that stage because mm -hmm. last time it wasn't they weren't like the guys the way they are right now. It was more Kyle, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think like you still get to feel some of that homegrown development getting you there. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, you are sacrificing some of of your your homegrown talent for a guy. I, I just think like even if it's not Kevin Durant, look at the history like it's going to happen at some point other than the Golden State Warriors. Every team has kind of sold their soul in a sense or, or leveraged sure. their future. When you look at like the Bucks making the trade for, um, you know, the point Drew guard. Holiday. Drew yeah. Holiday, like <laughs> the Lakers leveraging everything for Anthony Davis. I just feel like it's more common than not that it happens. And it's really romantic to think that like Precious and all these guys are going to keep taking steps and, and eventually they're going to reach the, the pinnacle. But I don't think that's realistic. So that does sound really cold and calculated. I get that. Mm -hmm. But um, I just think like, yeah, it, it's partly because the Debo stuff. It's partly because of just covering this team more closely i think more so along the lines of like what is going to get them to a championship most quickly right. and that that's kind of sad but say they do that and it doesn't go right then you get another kind of rebuild or retool and that this is fun too like i'm not mm -hmm. saying this isn't fun it's just like once this team proves that they're kind of ready or pascal and fred prove that they're ready I think you owe them taking a leap and giving mm -hmm. them a real opportunity to contend for a championship rather than like them having to bring all of these young guys along and, and just keep waiting kind of thing. I guess it just depends on like how much you believe Scotty Barnes is going to become that dude and how quickly, right? Cause like, I agree that it's probably pretty fraught with all sorts of despair to look at a team and say, well, they, these guys can internally grow and become a championship-level team. 
But I kind of think it's not crazy with this specific Raptors team because of how good Scotty Barnes is. And maybe the romanticism is a lot to strive for, and it's a very ambitious potential outcome. But when you have Scotty Barnes in your team, I think you're allowed that wiggle room for ambition because he was so bloody good as a rookie. He so he has so much to him that you typically see in yeah. these types of sort of apex predator guys. Like I, I think there's at least a reasonable hope to wish on there, where maybe there wasn't ever with DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry becoming those guys individually. I don't think Pascal Siakam, as much as he's unbelievable and is like my second favorite Raptor of all time behind Kyle, I, I don't think he's ever going to be like the number one on a championship team necessarily. But if he's the number two to Scotty Barnes is number one, I, I actually think that's a pretty viable pathway forward. Even if it does ask a lot of Scotty Barnes, I think there's, it's okay to ask a lot of what Scotty Barnes can be because the first year was so bloody impressive. Any last thoughts on that before we round this thing out? No, I definitely hope you're right. Like to mm-hmm. to me, I I mean, I I sound like cold, but I agree with you that that's it's okay, the man. You, outcome, you, you, you the right? trauma of the DeRozan trade broke you. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, I clearly like don't recover <laughs> from trauma quickly. It takes me a long time to get over things. Um, but that is the ideal outcome from a Raptors fan perspective. I hope that they can keep it together and and win with this group that that would definitely be um an ideal outcome but i think people should be also open to the idea of okay if things stall out over the next year or two and say for example their half court offense continues to be such a problem that in the playoffs you can't justify running back this group like Mm -hmm. open up to the idea of getting of bringing a different type of player in here um because sometimes that's just necessary to take the next step. And, and while it it's mean to whoever goes out the door, it's kind of helping the people who, who stayed like a Kyle Lowry, like getting him to that championship. Uh, he lost his best friend in the process, but he won a championship. So yeah. it's a yin and yang there for sure. Absolutely. Oren, this was awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I'm looking very much forward to recording more of these and drudging up my other guests' trauma from the past. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now so, you're uh, realizing before... that you get to be a therapist for like... Yeah, I didn't years. realize what I had tapped into when I came up with this concept, but boy, oh boy, it's going on my resume. Uh, <laughs> Oren, thanks so much, man. Where can people check out all your awesome work, anything in particular you'd like to promote? Again, this is coming out August the 2nd, so look into the future, perhaps. Yeah, not exactly sure what will be happening then, but you can follow me on Twitter at Oren Weisfeld, O-R-E-N-W-E-I-S-F-E-L-D, and you can keep up with, I post all my work there, so that's definitely the best place. But yeah, thanks for having me on, appreciate it. It was it was fun to get this off my chest after all these years. <laughs> and yeah, have a, have a great honeymoon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And uh, appreciate you popping on. And we will wrap it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again. I think tomorrow will be the next episode. And we're going to do another Raptors heartbreak talking with Yasmin Duwala about Game 7 against the Boston Celtics in the bubble, which uh, for me is one of my greater ones. That one sucked, man. We will talk about that and the championship defense that could have been with Yasmin on tomorrow's show. So you have that to look forward to. Thank you very much for tuning in. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Blue Jays as the Blue Jays. Maybe they've just traded. It's August 2nd. They just traded for Luis Castillo, I bet. So go and watch uh, or listen to Locked on Blue Jays as they break down the Luis Castillo trade that's definitely happening. It will be really awesome if I called that. We're going to wrap it there. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.